Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts Davin Sharman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast, Instagram at NY Just Fans Podcast. As we come to y'all with another episode, we are 25 days away from the Just season finally start. We can't wait. Um, let's get down to some training camp. Uh, and also, we, we uh, signed wide receiver uh, expatriates um, Hogan. Uh, Chris, um, what from what from what uh, from like Connor Hughes and a lot of a lot of these other guys um, talking about? Um, what have you been hearing from the Jets camp? And also, uh, was it was it basically a good move to sign Hogan and why? Uh, I I think you know from the begin you know from the onset I think Hogan is good. Um, hopefully, it's not going to be for the long term, and Mims could come back. And uh, Smith could come back for the start of the season. Um, but I think they said they was coming back next week. Uh, Mems and Barrios and uh, I think Smith too. Well, Smith okay. is going to be six to eight weeks, but I know Mems and uh, Barrios was next week for what I heard. Okay. All right. So then, you know, signing Hogan, you know, he's very versatile. He could also return punts as well. Uh, he's a veteran. He's been around. Obviously, he's been around the whole AFC East. Uh, he's played basically for all the teams. So he knows the, the division. He's from Jersey. So maybe that helped out too. Um, it wasn't a big move for him. Uh, just like, just to have a veteran presence there, uh, especially with Mims. Mims is going to, Mims is missing a lot of time now, uh, especially with the no, you know, the hardly any practice and no preseason games. That's really going to hurt Mims being out this much. So I think it's, it was, it, it is an important signing to bring in a veteran like Hogan. Um, I know everybody wants the the big name guys like Des Bryant or maybe even Antonio Brown, but this is kind of the safe pick, you know, veteran, you know what he's going to do. You're not expecting, you know, a whole bunch out of him, but you know what he could basically do. So I, I think that's a, I think it's a positive sign to bring him in. The, the good things coming out of camp. Um, a lot of them were talking about Sam Donald and Perryman, uh, building great chemistry. Uh, they both have a, great things to say about each other in all the interviews. So that's good to hear. Um, also, uh, Quinnen Williams was coming in with a lot of confidence. Have you seen that interview? Um, came in a little bit lighter. I think they said like 297. And last year he was at 303. Not that big of a deal, but, you know, he came in. He's coming in with a lot of confidence. He's He's basically saying – you know what, they drafted me to be one of the best tackles in the league, and that's what I want to be. So he's coming in with a ton, ton of confidence. Um, and so far, everything we're, we're hearing, obviously, you know, it's uh, usual uh, camp prop propaganda, if you want to call it that. Everything <laughs> sounds great. Um, one thing I was reading, uh, Tamini posted a, an interview that he had with a longtime uh, offensive line coach, and he was basically saying what the Jets are going, what the Jets are doing, having all these new starters on the offensive line is almost impossible, especially adding on the situation that we're in with the limited practice time and no preseason games to get this offensive line to gel and everything else. But he basically said, to, if Gase keeps the offense simple, you know, for the line, um, that it is a possibility. So I'm assuming that's what's happening, but. You know it's going to be a, a tough – I mean, it's going to be tough for a team that's played together, right, mm. to come into this – you know, to come into this season 
with the limited practice time and no preseason games. So you can imagine a team that has, you know, four or five new starters on the offensive line trying to, you know, uh, get some kind of chemistry going. So, but they have been talking all off season, you know, through the zoom meetings and stuff like that. I know that's no big deal. They said they were playing video games together. So, you know, just to kind of maybe help out with the chemistry. So, you know, we just got to cross our fingers and, and hope we don't get the rash of injuries we got last year too. So that's what I got from them. Yeah. Um, I think to add on to your um, offensive line uh, um, topic here, I think, I think the offensive line players, um, I think what's different is that they're better um, individually. Um, if you, if you say um, uh, probably the rookie is probably the one you would say that's not, but um, I think Lewis is Lewis. Uh, I think Lewis, um, uh, he, he really shone at certain times last year. I think he has, I think he's a solid starter. I don't think he's elite. Um, I think he's solid. I think uh, McGovern is the star. Um, but but all but you're talking about him, McGovern, the interior with uh, McGovern, um, Lewis, and uh, and Van Roten. In my opinion, are more solid players than what we had uh, last year. Um, I think I think one of the issues that line was 31st or 32nd, the rank 32nd in the league or whatever it was last year. It's because uh, the interior of the offensive line was future. You know, it, it was bad. It was, it was horrible. Whatever adjective you could get, you could um, come up with to, to kind of <laughs> explain how bad it was. I think those guys individually are definitely better than Harrison, uh, whoever else that started at center um, and, 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 and winters, I, I think they were definitely they, they're definitely better. Um, for camp, um, I think I think you I think everybody knows that uh, Makai Beckton is the star. Um, everybody's talking about him. Everybody can't can't get over how big he is and how well he moves for his size. I mean that's the topic of discussion uh, for everybody. Um, I think, like uh, Chris said, um, the topic of um, um, Rashad Perryman and 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 this is this is the guy I I've been trying not to say anything but there is something about that guy that I like I know he has not had the performances in his career to back it up but there's something that Michael Narnia um, of Jess X Factor pointed out that kind of put me uh kind of swiveled my head a little bit it was he said that um he had never gotten anywhere close to 50% of snaps at a at wide receiver or, or at lead wide receiver at any time in his career. And the first time that he got over 50% of the snaps is when he really uh, showed up, which was the first was last year when uh, both of his uh, starting wide, uh, wide receivers at, at, uh, at the box at Tampa um, went down. So, you, so given the heavier load that might he might show up because he has the speed and he has you know he could run routes really well and he, you know he's been in the league for a while so um uh, you know he'll be good um i think people are also in awe of the return of our tight end um who was injured last year um i think he's going to do well also um um 
I think everybody's in awe of him in camp and everybody's in awe of the fact that Donald is more of a leader now. But, but like, like uh, Chris said, a lot of propaganda. Um, we, we love to listen to these things because it warms our hearts and we can't wait, you know, kind of can't wait for the season. But for the most part, this, it is what it is, man. We'll take it until the, the real football starts. <laughs> hey, another, uh, another guy, too, that, that looked amazing um, and he was on uh, One Jets Drive in this week's episode was Le'Veon Bell looks unbelievable. He looks in great yes. shape. I yes. mean, if everything, if everything comes together on that offensive line, I expect yep. Bell to have a very good season this year. Yes, I agree. He looks I great. Agree. Yeah. He looks so awesome. He even admitted that he wasn't, he wasn't all there all season. He said he had his ups and downs and, you know, he didn't have uh, his mind right. He didn't have his body right. So let's hope, uh, man, if he's, if he's anything close to what he was in Pittsburgh, man, that's going to be some weapon uh, for us this year. Just to, just to expound on what you just said, I think if you go back and watch a lot of the games that Le'Veon played, number one, we know how bad the line was. I just said it. Yeah. And you'll see multiple times when he got the ball, there was three defensive linemen in the backfield just as he got the ball. So the fact that he still averaged 3.5 or whatever amount of yards, he, you know, with that bad of a line, tells you how much of a good running back he is, you know. So, so in my opinion, now you just give him a little bit more time and he'll be a better line, a better off, uh, running back, in my opinion. So we're good on that, in my opinion. Mm, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I have much to say. Uh, y'all both said knelt it in the coffin. I think also, uh, I think Makai Beckton been going at it with Jordan Jenkins. Um, yes. Watched a little bit from here and there. Um, I did hear from Connie Hughes that that Jordan Jenkins kind of took Beckton down today earlier, which is <laughs> which yeah. is uh, and I know and I know Frank Pollock said also said about uh, Beckton Beckton's weight. Uh, the 370, he was like, yeah, that's too big. You know, be trying to work out a plan. So, um, well, I Davin, think- to be to be honest about what, what um, Pollock said, um, he said at 370, is not the number is not what matters. It's how he performs at the number that's what matters. And they, because right now, when they look at him, he's performing fine at the number, you know. But since he's a rookie and they haven't had him around long enough, they have to come up with a number they're more comfortable with, you know? And, um, and, and I think even Beckton admitted that his number, the number needs to go down. I don't think he's at the, t- at this time, the number is bad. I think if we start seeing that number start ballooning, that's going to be the issue. You know, I, I, more than anything, I agree with you that the number needs to go down, but I don't think it's such an issue that needs to go up. It's, not needs to be brought up on, unless he starts struggling. Right, and I didn't, you know, not buzzer going to come down and say, well, it's not because he needs to be fast or anything like that. I think, I think it's just about what you said, but also, um, he's getting, he's getting the help. You know, as a rookie, he's trying to learn from George Fant. Um, he asked the questions to Alex Lewis as well, and he's on the right path. He's on the right path to, uh, you know, to 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 know what what he wants to do and what he needs to do. So. Um, I'm expecting to hear a lot more from, you know, from Beckton and can't, can't wait. Um, we still got less than four weeks left, so we'll be hearing a lot, a lot more about this. Um, Chris, 
Uh, you said you heard about Le'Veon Bell on One Just Drive. Was there anything else other than that, other than Le'Veon Bell on the latest episode of One Just Drive? Um, they basically profiled Becton, and, you know, you could see, like, I, I don't see him gaining weight. You know, like, I don't see him getting lazy and, you know, and um, and putting on weight and stuff like that. I think he's going to work hard. I, you know, I don't see a regression at all with this kid. Um, I think, that, you know, they were talking about um, – what's the guy's name? I think his name was Mayweather, who, um, who hosted that offensive line uh, – uh, meeting or whatever in uh, it was March or April where a lot of mm-hmm. veterans go, but mm-hmm. Beckton also went too. And he said, the sky's the limit. This guy could be one of the greatest tackles to ever play in the NFL. And, you know, mm-hmm. just from his short, you know, his size and his speed, athleticism and everything. Um, excuse me. Um, but um, yeah, it was basically a profile on him just showing from, Basically, his high school high school coach spoke. Uh, college college coach spoke about him. All give him rave reviews. Uh, so I don't see the weight becoming a problem with him at all. I mean, unless he becomes a, you know becomes a different person, it just seems like the, the person that he is. He looks like he's going to work hard and you know to keep the weight down. He even wants to get even lower than what he is. Um, so that was that was a lot of the uh, the one jet drive that and a little bit on uh, Le'Veon Bell in the beginning of it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the kid, you know, and, and seeing a lot of it with his family. Uh, they were showing draft night. They were expecting, oh, you know, we were expecting he was going to go a lot higher. And then you know they kind of showed that video clip of uh, Joe Douglas mm-hmm. making a call to him. You know, we we all seen that already. That was. Yeah kind of cool and it's you know it gets a little more emotional now because now you you see more of the kid and you're learning more about him so uh Mm -hmm. yeah man a lot of high hopes for that kid so yeah i I think i think what stood out to me was the fact that his uh trainer uh, probably one of the the foremost uh um offensive line trainers in in uh, in and around football um mary uh, manny weather duke manny weather he literally uh kind of seeked him out you know, um, when some when somebody of that that kind of or that ilk looks looks out for you, you know that that's just to say what he thinks of you and the kind of potential the kid has, and the fact that he sticks by him, and he keeps motivating him, and he and and he keeps talking about how he thinks you know he's been around some of the greats in the you know he brought up some of the names that he brought up like Willie Rove and and Orlando Pace, which is ridiculous when you think about it. You know, the, that's how high this kid's ceiling is. You know, um, we don't know if he'll get there, but the fact that all these great uh, people, even one of the best tackles in the league from the Saints, what's his name, you know, was working with him one-on-one at one point. You know, this is when, when, when they accept you in the offensive line family like that, it's like they know or they're seeing like really great potential from you so let's just keep our fingers crossed that he stays healthy because i think if he does man i think they're gonna be profits for that man definitely mm. all right um let's let's move along uh man you know it's kind of tough that we're not getting no preseason games we have saw a couple of season ending injuries uh we saw nick chubb he's on the pro, uh, concussion protocol uh, let's talk about Gerald McCoy. Um, 
Season-ending injury. Oh man, uh, right quad. Uh, Charmin, how 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 big of a loss this is for Dallas? And and then your take. Uh, what what do you, do do you think McCoy being uh, out for the season will stop will stop the Dallas uh, D line from uh, doing what they need to do? I think that he was uh, he was going to be more stable than anybody else that they would have played that position. Uh, they have a litany of young talent. Um, Hill, I think Tristan Hill is one of them. And I think they drafted another kid last year. Off the top of my head, I can't think of his name. But they have players that could play the position. The problem is they're not as much of a solid player as, you could, as McCoy was. McCoy is not the same McCoy that he used to be, you know, um, if you if you guys watch him play last year in Carolina, he's definitely not that guy. That doesn't mean he's still not one of the better interior defensive linemen in the league. It's just that he's not an elite defensive lineman anymore. And and I think the Cowboys are gonna probably have to shuffle the deck there a little bit. Uh, probably think about uh, you know, uh, depending on how the rookies perform or who steps up, maybe change the front a little bit and play the front different from what they had in, had in mind, you know, but, um, but the way they dealt with the injury and everything, the way they got rid of uh, McCoy tells me that they kind of, <laughs> it's almost like they knew it would have happened because, you know, uh, they cut him, they cut him uh, as soon as he got injured, like the day net, the next day or a few hours after that. Um, this mm. is, this is what I always talk about when it comes to NFL contracts everybody's always up in arms about players getting paid so much money. The moment you sign that contract, all it means is that I might get as much of money as the contract says, because the day you go down that, that whatever amount of money that it looks like you were going to get is going to go three quarters of it might disappear, you know? So, so, you know, I, it, it just goes to show you that's how it is, man. I think, I think the Cowboys, if any of the rookies uh, or the young players step up, I think they're going to be fine, but it's still going to kind of put a kind of a monkey wrench in their situation. Uh, I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of uh, um, expand on the injuries, injury issues. I think we're seeing um, um rash of injuries because of uh, the way this season is, you know, the way everything is happening. There's yeah. no kind of slow work up to being in pad stuff, you know, like a regular, off season to, you know, NFL start of NFL season. There's no, there would be, you know, it's straight to camp and not only just camp, but straight to let's try to get to game shape now. So there's all these injuries, you know, um, McCoy's one, Jalen Hurd from the, Jalen Hurd had a torn ACL. Alfred had a torn, uh, Robert Alfred had a torn pec. Trey Wayne's torn pec. Uh, Im- Iman Marshall torn ACL. Javon Hargraves pec strain. I mean, there's just and and you know we have our own guys of um some soft tissue stuff, um all over the place just because of what I said. But it's just gonna be like this, man. The more the more padded practices, the more um more um deeper we get into this yeah into this, there's gonna be more injuries, unfortunately. Yeah, that that was that's just a few of the injuries. Every day we're yes. seeing more and more guys. Yeah. Um. And I think it's going to continue throughout the season. And I, I think that's why depth is going to come in into play um, 
it's going to be more, even more important than every season um, with every team. Even the better teams need, need guys because we're going to see a ton of injuries coming up. Um, and it's because, like you said, the lack of practice, uh, no preseason games. I mean, we're going to go right into playing a real game, you know, in a few weeks. I think they're going to have three full weeks of padded practices. I think that's insane. Uh, when you think about it, um, the one thing, you know what I was thinking about uh, during the week, I don't, I doubt if it was even brought up to the union. I wonder if they would have thought of doing two a days just for this, just for this season, you know, just yeah. so that they could get them into shape a little, you know, trying to catch up a little bit because mm. I mean, only three weeks of padded practice is it's incredible. I mean, I mean, to get ready for a season, that's insane. I mean, now we're going to see, you know, how important the mini camps and, and the two days are so important. Obviously they don't do two days anymore because they don't want it, but I, I just thought this year would have been a perfect time to bring it back just for this year, you know, just to kind of help them, you know, speed up. But, and the, the cut, you know, you brought up with the McCoy, that just shows you it's a business, you know, this isn't a sport. It's a business. You know, so they're just cutting. They want to. They want to save money, right? Against the cap and everything, they let them keep the three million dollars signing bonus, and that's it. Right. So now they're clear of paying them. So it's just a business. That's what it comes down to. And you know what? If he was a guy that just started out, I, I'd feel I feel bad for him. But I mean, financially, the guy is set. I mean, McCoy's been in the league what ten years, eleven years, so he's got his money. You know what I mean? This guy is he's set for life, but. It's the rookies and the guys that are undrafted that get hurt. If they get discarded like this, get cut, you know, what's going to happen? So. Right. Uh, so, shout out. I want to say shout out to Mike uh, Garofalo on uh, Ian Rappaport for putting this up. Uh, it's called the 2020 Paragraph 5 Guaranteed. Um, I had to screenshot it because it, this was very interesting. Um and I'm not going to read too much, but I'm going to read the important ones, important details. Despite any um, contrary, contrary language in this NFL player contract, club agrees that for the 2020 contract year, only it, only it will pay player $2,500,000 of the salary provided in paragraph five, despite the fact that in the event this NFL player contract which is McCoy is terminated due to a aggravation of the physical condition set forth in paragraph 35 of this addendum or due to any other injury to players right quad tendon. Oh, wow. That is related to the pre-existing condition set forth in paragraph 35 of this addendum. Then this guarantee is no and void. So basically Wow. The Cowboys, the Cowboys already knew mm. that this injury could happen, could happen. And he right. had to sign that contract. So when he signed the so when he signed the contract, so when he signed the contract, he knows that this was um a risk. This was a risk. So this was like maybe a high risk, high reward. And the Cowboys know that. So this it was this crazy when I read it yesterday, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> contracts yeah, go so the, all way <laughs> yeah that this again like i said um take it take it how you want to take it but 
they basically use you as, you know, property. So if you can't, or a tool, you know, if you could work, you could work. If you can't, man, listen, you know, I will make provisions to protect myself so that I don't have to lose any money if something happens to you, you know. And, and you as a player have very little protection, you know. I mean, this is, this is, what, this is what, what, what we're talking about when we say that, that we, we need to stop blaming players for trying to get as much money as they can. It just absolutely makes no sense, you know. They, they, I mean, it makes sense for the, for the owners because, you know, they, they get to save money. But other than that, Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm about to say, like, when I when I have read it and Ian Rappaport just reported and I was, and I was just like, wow, like, <laughs> contracts really go a long way. So the Cowboys oh, yeah. already knew what they was, know what they was doing. And I didn't, I, I really wanted to, wanted to get more into um, basically more details before even judging and be like, oh, the Cowboys are wrong for doing this and so forth and so forth. So McCoy oh, must have... No, right. Gavin, I, seriously, I, I'm not saying they're wrong for doing right. it. They're just doing what they're doing. You know, they're Correct. doing what, you know, they're supposed to do. But on in general, you know, does that does that seem to you like something that works out for the player? No, it does no. not. It's, <laughs> you understand me? It's yeah, not. It's, you know. But also think about it. You know, he signed it. You know, it's not like they had a gun yeah. to his head to say, you better sign this. He right. just said, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do oh. this. Right? He took oh, a chance oh. on himself. Right, exactly. And this is what yes. I'm trying to tell you. Listen, at the end of the day, the argument of uh, if they didn't have a gun to his head thing, He's a professional athlete. Of course, he don't need a gun to his head to play football. He didn't, like, his freaking peck would have been hanging by a string and he would have gone and played, you know. That's what make them great foot, um, football players, you know. But taking advantage of the fact that somebody is pre, you know, has, will, will, will pre, or uh, is predisposed to do crazy stuff, doesn't that make you kind of crazy too? I mean, come on, man. I, <laughs> you know. No, I, you know what? He's not a, listen. Number one, he's not the youngest player. I'm not saying he's old, but he's past his past yeah. that prime age, right? So yeah. the Cowboys are just doing the right thing to cover their butt, basically. They're like, right. "Oh, listen, this guy's had an issue, and maybe, maybe he went to the, you know, maybe the the medical records said, listen, this guy's, uh, what was it, the Achilles? You said quad. It's quad. The quad." quad. Right, quad. Yeah. quad was injured before, and you know what? This there's a fifty, a forty percent chance it's going to happen again, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure that went into it, and and that's why they put it in the language, you know, in the contract. And you know what? His agent should have went to him and said, "Listen, it's in there, and we know this is a possibility." We spoke to our doctor. Our doctor said the same thing that there's a certain percentage that this might happen again. Do you still want to sign this contract? He could have said, "You know what? No, I'm not going to sign it." Right, right. So, but I'm but not saying it's gun to his head, but he had the option, and I'm sure they talked it over. And he he might have, you know, he might have spoke to his doctor, and the doctor said, "Listen, you're in great shape, you're good, it looks great, but there's this percentage of of it happening again, but it also, you know, possibly won't happen. So you're taking a chance." But, right, but understand what I'm saying, Chris. I'm again, I I'm not in no way am I trying to take a shot at Dallas. Dallas at first when I did not know everything. <laughs> I felt that way, but looking at what Davin just said, right? 
you you you're telling i'm just saying in general right football contracts are oh. there to protect the teams and the and and the presidents of the teams and the owners of the teams yes. they don't care about the player yes that's all mm -hmm. i am that's all i'm saying because oh, in re in reality football people that play football are crazy you don't play football and you're normal you're not normal so even if he knew that his quad was hanging by a string or by a thread, there is no way he wouldn't play. Somebody would have mm -hmm. probably had to tie him to a bed somewhere. You understand? <laughs> Taking right. advantage of somebody that would do something that crazy, because trust me, if my quad was hanging by a thread, I probably wouldn't leave the house. And this dude played football. And this is what I'm saying. Taking advantage of a dude that's that crazy you know, I'm sorry, but I got to call you out. You know, the NFL mm. needs to protect the player a little better. Even if, you know, the fact that they could nullify the whole contract just because he got injured, especially knowing, like you said, the number. Let's say they said it was, hey, man, there's a 40% a chance your quad pops throughout the season, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, it's going to happen. 40% is a pretty high number, especially when you're playing that kind of game. You know, you're playing that kind of game. So sure. the, the fact that, that you're basically taking advantage of that dude, again, don't get me wrong, you know, he probably got a, a couple hundred grand or at least a mil and a half or whatever he was able to come out of it with. All I'm saying is there is very little protections in NFL contracts for players. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm, I agree with everything you're saying. But you got to remember that the owners or the NFL is not going to push for that whatsoever. Right, yeah. it's, it's in their. It's very true. If, if it's it's in their favor, they're not going to do anything. The players' association has to push for more guaranteed contracts. That's what they got to do. I mean, look at baseball. And we, After baseball, he could have he could have been hurt, but yeah, I'm good. I'm still getting my 13 million right. a year. You know. And we know, and we know how inept the NFLPA is. So there you yes. go. That's that's the big issue here. <laughs> but but isn't uh like you know the power just starting to learn the power of the contracts isn't like Mahomes contract like if he gets injured like he's he'll still get like 150 guaranteed if it's like career ending type of thing like I, I'm just saying it's like a it's like it's like when you really starting to learn about the the contracts like injuries and and everything like that is it's kind of very interesting it's kind of very interesting to me no but you're right but you know what a guy like Mahomes yeah, he's not going to get injured, but... Right, but I'm saying he could push for more guarantees because he's 23, 24 years old. Right. Right? Yes. He's the best True. quarterback in the league, basically. True. McCoy is, what, 31, 32, whatever he is. He's at the end of his career. Oh, so yeah. So he can't really say, all right, I want three years guaranteed. You know, whatever. Yeah. And they'll, they'll laugh at him, basically. And, and, that's, and that's the issue at the end of the day, yeah. right? There's, like, a handful of players in the NFL that could dictate what contracts look like the majority of nfl players are gonna uh, at the at the whims of the owners basically whatever the owners want to do with the contract that's what you have to do that's why you end up seeing a lot of guys holding out sometimes people get mad when people hold out there's language in these contracts that the players disagree with like davin this is what i'm telling you man when they write stuff in it like yo if i ever they could write something silly as in you can't play basketball. And if I ever catch you playing basketball, I could minus $3 million from your contract. This is what I'm saying. Contracts, that's how contracts work. And they could, 
they hold you. You it's almost like you're in jail. And and don't get me wrong, I'm like I'm I'm probably going to the extreme here because getting millions of dollars to play a game is nowhere close to being in jail. But yeah. you you what I'm trying to say is that it's they could they a lot of the language in the contract restricts you from doing a lot of stuff, restricts you from having a normal life just because it's supposed to protect the owners in ways. You know, you understand me? So there's a lot of language that they end up arguing over. That's that's mm. that's how it is. Yeah. Kind of crazy, but it's, it's real. Go, go right ahead, Chris. I was gonna say maybe just just maybe what the NFLPA should maybe push for is say, you know, like for you know, whatever ages the guys are, like say from age 22 to 28, you know, can we get like 70% guaranteed of our contracts? And then 28 to 30, it goes down to 40%. You know what I mean? Try to do something like that maybe. Because I know it's going to be hard to get 100% guaranteed in that. In, oh, in, yeah. Oh, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah they, they too scared to do that. NFL yeah, runs I, them. Listen, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm, you know, like if I'm the league, I totally understand that because the guy could get hurt you know, first play of his career and be out. And that's right. it. So I totally yeah. understand it, but they, they got to try to work something out, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand. Uh, I know this is, I know this wasn't in our topics, but just a quick, just a quick take, Chris. Um, NFL declines options to reinstate full-time officiating program for 2020. Uh <sighs> This is this is to me this is freaking ridiculous and horrible. horrible. Um, could you could you could you just give us a quick take on why why this is horrible? Well, I think it's horrible because now you're not paying these guys what they should be paid. And and think about it now, right? All these better uh, referees are retiring because they can make money doing something else. You know, making more money doing something else. Why should they be a, a you know an NFL referee? They could go up and start working for CBS or Fox or, you know, NBC or ESPN, start working up there and making the same kind of money or probably even more, the guys that are on TV now, the refs. Or the the job that they have on their real job. Some of them are like lawyers and stuff like that. So what they should do is make this a full-time job and pay them, you know, very well and it'll pay off in the end because you're going to get a better game, a, a better refereed game. You know, right. like if you keep if you keep having a referee being replaced every couple of years, and you keep bringing in a, a young guy in or whatever he's from college or whatever, you know what? It, you're you're always going to have bad calls everywhere. You know, when you had veteran refs years ago that stayed in the league for years, you you had a better refereed game. You know, now you just don't get that. You know, now you're getting guys doing it for a few years, making a few bucks, and then they're like, you know what? If you're not going to make me a full-time employee, then I'm out of here. You know, and what if they get an offer from one of the TV networks to, to work for them? And that's what, that's what you see now. So I, I think that in that sense, it's, it's horrible. Like, just make it – I mean, the NFL is a, a billion-dollar industry. Pay these guys, you know. It'll be better for your product on the field – I know they're trying to save money, I guess, but I don't. I don't understand this at all. I mean, I'm sure there's more to it, but to me, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm sure. That, I'm sure there's more to this this thing. Uh, but but like I said, on you know, just on the face of it, it just seems like again they're being lax when it comes to officiating, and we've had so many issues with officiating in the NFL in the last couple of years. 
Um, and we, I think we've touched on that subject so many times that, you know, at the end of the day, we just need more consistent uh, bodies in there doing that job so that they get better and better and better instead of just like Chris just said, bringing in young young people or people that haven't, you know, ref on this level, you know, and, they, and they're green or they're wet behind the ears and you have them making all these ridiculous mistakes. So, um, again, we'll just have more, you know, keep doing, keep doing this and we'll have more calls like the one where, you know, with the Rams game a couple of years ago, the Rams and Saints game. Right. Definitely right on yeah. that point. Uh, so before we do our NFC hot seat uh, for this, for this season coming up, uh, if, if, if the, if the, let's just say if the NFL stops in general, um, and we're going to do quarterbacks this week. Um, just in your own, just your own player, which quarterback do you think will make the Hall of Fame? Uh, I think I think that's pretty simple in my mind, man. When you think about the Hall of Fame quarterback right today, right now, if, if, uh, if you know, you have to put somebody in the Hall of Fame, it got to be Drew Brees, in my opinion. Um, of course, you know, Tom Brady, you know, is the, is the pick of the litter, you know, I mean – goes without saying, but I always say between the two of them, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, man, just instant Hall of Fame guys. Now, a couple more. I, you know, there's a few more I thought of, but uh, Big Ben has to go into two-time yeah, Super Bowl champ, you know, um, and of course, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's put up a, an amazing career already. So that's another one. And the other easy one is is Russell Wilson. I think he's done enough right now to go into the Hall of Fame. That's my boy. Yeah, I mean, he's close, but <laughs> I, would, I would say he goes in at, at this point. Yeah, he's I think astounding. Right yep. yeah. No, it's just, it's just crazy. One. Yeah, it's right. just crazy the way his career has gone, man. Think about yeah. the numbers he's put up, you know, with especially with the fact that every year, almost every year, we seem to say, oh, yeah, there were they're not going to win that many games and boom, they're in the playoffs and they're winning one game. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. I think one quarterback that's actually going to make it and he's not going to win no Super Bowl rings at all will be Matt Ryan. I mean, huh. 50,000, yeah. 50,000 passing like over 50,000 passing career yards, um, 300, 321 touchdowns, 147 interceptions with a 94.6 rating. It's, it's actually Crazy. unbelievable and amazing, but and he's got you know, an MVP too, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I think he got an MVP for a season. Yeah. I think he was like, I think he was like co MVP, like so that means two MVPs. Um, but I think, I think he, I think he deserves it. He only went to the Super Bowl. They should have won the Super Bowl against the Patriots, but we're not going to talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> Matt Run Ryan definitely ball. deserves it. <laughs> um, well, the other right. two teams, the other two guys I thought of. Um, I'm, and these these guys are debatable, but I think one of them is not. But you got Philip Rivers and you got Matthew Stafford. Yep. <laughs> numbers numbers wise, these two guys are the guys that are, in my opinion, borderline because they hadn't won anything, you know. Right. And and but I know I hate to um you know reduce someone's career just to winning a Super Bowl, but unfortunately that's how it is. Um, yeah. But they've performed like ridiculously highly, you know, the same, you know, when you're talking about numbers, Matthew Stafford's numbers is ridiculous. 
the same way that uh, that um, you just said Matt Ryan's numbers are. They, yeah. They're ridiculous numbers. The same thing goes the only, for um, – the, the only difference I'll, I'll do with Stafford and, and uh, Matt Ryan, yeah, the numbers are, are pretty similar, but the only difference is Matt Ryan has been to a Super Bowl, he's had yes. playoff, and he's had yes. really good playoff games as well. So yes, that's, yes, that's, that's true. You're right. That's why I didn't want to No, he's never had that. Not many, so uh, I, I listen, I I I'm not I'm not here to I to tell you the truth. I, like I said, I said I think they're borderline. I don't think I don't think I don't think there should be in this conversation about today, you know, because I don't think right. it would enter enter immediately. I think what um I side with Davin with Matt Ryan because I think he's somebody that is underappreciated as a quarterback. Um, I agree. Philip Rivers and 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 what's his name uh, that you just Staff, mentioned? Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. yeah, I think they're borderline in my opinion. Stafford has mm. he's been in three playoff games and he hasn't won one. Yeah. Very Sad. Tough. <laughs> yeah. Rivers at least has more, right? Let me let me look at him. Yeah, he, I think Rivers have been to to more. Is hasn't he been? Yeah, to more? he's been to. Yeah, he's been in eleven playoff games. There you go. And he's five and six. So, mm, yeah. sub subpar five hundred, basically yeah. below five hundred. Sub five hundred, right there. Yeah, I I think Rivers, I think Rivers definitely goes in. Stafford's going to be the borderline-ish guy that you know might go in. Maybe not first first ballot to be. It all it all depends on how he finishes his career. So if he finishes yeah, with know. Detroit, then yeah, may, you know. But if he finishes with a team that he know that he could take to the playoffs and gets his shot, then may, maybe we could get back to that topic. Right. Yeah. Well, until they get rid of his staff, yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. I'm about to say, yeah, there you go. So so let's get into our NFC hot seat. Um, we got the NFC East. So we have the Giants. So Chris, which two players do you have? Um, for players, I don't know if there's really a player. I mean, I think it's too early to put Daniel Jones on the hot seat. Um, it's only gonna be his second year. Barkley, I guess a little bit because he was hurt. You want to see him stay healthy and be the premier running back that we all think he is, and I think he is without a doubt. Um, the one, I mean, Joe Judge, first year head coach. So not on the hot seat right away, but I think the thing that he's done, you know, it, it came out this week that he made the guys run after he made a mistake on in camp or during practice, I should say. Um, hey, Chris, hey, Chris, is it true that co- even coaches were running to or is that because I don't know. I didn't catch this whole thing. You know how sometimes people post, yeah, I didn't get the coaches, uh, but, post you know. ridiculous stuff on Twitter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I caught that. Yeah, like he okay, had a so bunch of people running this? With uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit and um, McDaniel in Denver, you know the guys that came from Belichick. You know they 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 you know they go with this system and you know this kind of that old school mentality. I, I don't know if the players are gonna you know buy into it, especially this this early. I mean this is not a not a very good team, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't see it working out right away. Maybe if they have a decent year and, you know, then he could say, hey, look, it worked. You know, we got better from last year and maybe it'll, they could build on it. But I, I don't know. This might backfire. So I will say I will say this. I will I'll put Jones on the hot seat. And I'll, the reason why I'll put Jones on the hot seat 
See, is because he was picked high. What was he picked number seven? Uh, something like that. Yeah, it was high. Something like yeah, he was picked right, and um, the guy was he was supposed to perform. He he should have performed way better than he did, man. Um, the fact that he was sacked thirty eight times, had eighteen fumbles, <laughs> and twelve interceptions, is ridiculous. And you would think that the uh, the Giants line was really really bad if he had if he's he, you know you would. If he performed that way, you would think the line was bad. The line was ranked 17th by ESPN and 20th by PFF, which is middle of the road, which is kind of what you need in the NFL to be okay. You don't need your line. You don't always need your line to be top 10. You know, you should be able to get away with your line. Again, he was a rookie. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't asking for him to be Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. He wasn't bad. He was pretty good. But Bro, yeah, listen, he's trying to take that next step. No the doubt. fact, the fact that the fact, listen, you take thirty-eight sacks and you fumble eighteen times and throw twelve interceptions. For that, for that team to go anywhere, he needs to be better. Yeah, he, he, he definitely needs to be better. Um, and for me, um, Saquon Barkley, I don't, I don't know if it's his fault, but you can't have a running back like that and give him, you know, I mean. I think he what he missed like three games, uh, three or four. Yeah, yeah, three games. Yeah, I think he missed three games, and he had thirty nine less carries, and he had thirty nine less carries. That makes no sense. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, I forty four less, forty four less carries and thirty nine less reception. That's and another I thing mean, too, with, with come on. Jones. Look at his uh, his starting receivers. I mean, who did he have? That's, I mean, that, that one on the hot seat is my is the four-year, $38 million guy, Golden Tate. Come on, man. <laughs> come, come on, man. Ah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Like, that is a horrible contract. That's, oh, a, that's yeah. a, a non-wild contract, Golden yeah. Tate. <laughs> I think Gettleman, I think Gettleman, you could say, is on the hot seat more than him. For, oh, for yeah. I will agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely. agree with that, too. Most but, definitely. you know, if, you, if you're signing a contract like that, you got to put some numbers up. I mean, he yeah. ain't do too bad, like 49 catches, 676 yards, um, six touchdown catches yeah, with an average of 14 yards. So I'm expecting a little bit more more high from 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 a guy that that just signed that contract. So I'll put him on the I'll put him on the hot seat for now. Okay. Um, I yeah, I think I think Gettleman is the guy that's in the hot seat for me. I I was just very surprised that Daniel Jones' performance. I thought the line kind of messed him up, but when I looked up the line, the line wasn't as bad as I thought, and and that's why I brought that up. That's all. But I think uh, his definitely, line of receivers really was the bigger problem, you know. Too, he doesn't have he didn't have great weapons. I mean, who, who did the he the, have? the kid the kid stepped up? What's his name? Um, yeah. Um, he he had a really good year. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name Alex? off the top of my head. Not Benny um, um, no, not for, um, and I know Shepard. Shepard was, was good, good, but he's like uh, a. You talking about Darius Slayton? Slayton. That's him. Yep. Slayton had a very good. You know, yes, he came out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, he but, had a very good year. Yeah, the biggest. I think the biggest problem with with Jones is is holding the ball. You know. There like you he go. Fumbled, he fumbled a bunch. He he's held the ball too many times. Yeah, he, he held the ball way too long. And he's got to take off. You know more like some like some fans say he can't run that much, but I think it's the opposite. That's not true. 
he could be aggressive run. and run, but just slide when you know instead of taking a hit, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah. Anyway, we got, let's move on. Yeah, we got the uh, Sharman Washington, Washington Redskins. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's no really hot seat hot seat here. Um, Landon Collins. I think, but go right ahead. Oh, good one. Um, um, I I think. I think the kid, the the um, Dwayne Haskins, I, I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat. I think I think he was Ugh. doing well. I think I mean, at the Alex end of the Smith season, came back. Okay. And shout out to Alex Smith, by the way. Yeah, definitely shout out to him. Um, but but I think um, uh, I think the season goes where Haskins takes them. In my opinion, I think if he takes a small step forward or half step forward or a full step forward, I think you will see a little better because that. And also, I, in don't my they opinion, got Kyle Allen defense, too, Charmin? That's why I, Allen. So I, I think, think the pressure is on, guys, on, on, oh, on him listen, too. On, the pressure on, is definitely on, on him. He's, listen, he's got two people biting at the uh, at his feet there. No, <laughs> you got one guy who you got Kyle guy. Allen. Kyle Allen is not, in my opinion, biting at his heel. Well, we no, he is. Kyle Allen had at one point. Kyle Allen was looked looked kind of promising. And if you go back and watch the the last six or seven of games, course, of course he looked last no, no, but that's not it. The, no, no, oh I get God. it. But the reason the why is, is that's Ron Rivera's boy. Yes, and that's the reason why he was brought in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's, you know what? Because if Haskins starts messing up, <laughs> Rivera doesn't want to sit and be like, "Oh, okay." Rivera didn't draft Haskins. He doesn't give True. a shit. You know what I'm saying? If he messes up, he's not going to sit there and go like, "Oh, well, Chris Curse for the first time, people." Yeah, <laughs> but no. But think about it. With he doesn't care about Haskins. He doesn't care that he was uh, the whatever number uh, pick overall pick, yes. for Washington. He yeah. doesn't care. He wants to win. So if he thinks um, Allen will win him games, he's going to put him in. If he thinks you think, listen, if Alex Smith shows enough during these next couple of weeks, and then the first couple of weeks, if he's just sitting there and. Haskins is 0-4 after four games. Mm. Don't you think they're going to say, you know what, let's try Alex Smith? Or I think Smith will be in before Allen, but that's all why I'm I saying. That's... All I'm saying is this. I, I know what you're saying. I, I totally understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is, in my opinion, um, Haskins has a better chance of getting the starting job than, every, than anybody, in my opinion. That's just, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, he's – He's going to have a, a long leash, and the reason why he's going to have a long leash is because he was a high draft pick, number one. And number two, the owner's probably going to say, listen, I want him there. Mm. I, drafted, I drafted this kid. I want to see how good he's going to be. How right. about the fact that he showed more promise than, than Kyle Allen did last year? That's all I'm, I'm saying. saying. He did. I'm not, I'm not he saying was better Allen than is Kyle. better than him. I'm not saying yeah. anything like that. I'm not comparing him. I'm just saying if he starts off bad, I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying if he does, Ron Rivera, is, he's not there to, all right, let's see how this kid does. No, no, he's there to win games. He's not there for, you know, for a rebuild and all that. He wants to win. I agree. And that's yeah, why he I brought agree. his guy in, and he knows he's got – I mean, listen, I, I God bless Alex Smith for what he's – even to get to this point, I don't know if he'll get in yes. a game, but God bless Eesh. that man for what he did. But if he's anywhere healthy, they, they're going to go to him. He's he's definitely in the mix, no doubt. Yeah, and also Washington. I forgot that uh, the, they also Washington football team got their first uh, black team president. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the shout out to the football team for that. Um, yep. let's move along though. Uh, we got the Eagles. Chris, go right ahead. Um, I, you know what? I don't know if one player is. Uh, if you're gonna put anybody, I guess it's. Uh, don't, Wentz. don't they still got that that uh, that wide receiver you don't like, or do they? Uh, do they oh, right one? the one that can't catch. Yeah. <laughs> oh no no he's gone. Oh he's gone. Good. I think the Raiders signed him. Oh, that's, that's yeah. I think, Agu- I think he's not uh, Nelson there, Aguilar, yeah. right? Yes. It's yeah, Aguilar think, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I think the Raiders signed him. One yeah, year. he's okay. not in the, he's not with them anymore. Yeah. All right. So I I mean if anybody I, I guess it's Wentz Wentz because everybody was saying he's going to get hurt. He did play a full season uh, last year. He got hurt in the playoff game. So, <laughs> and for what he did with the limited. Uh, weapons that he had last year, he did pretty good, winning the division. Um, so I don't know if any one player is on the hot seat, and I wouldn't put Peterson on there yet either. Um, no, you know, he won a uh, Super Bowl a couple of years ago, so it's not that long ago. Um, but Ashlon Jeffrey, I mean, he's got a huge contract, and I mean, he's got to get healthy. He's got to he's got to be out there produce. Yeah, I mean, he, start producing, brother. Yeah, for that money, he's getting paid yeah. a lot of money. So, if anything, it would be him. Yep. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, because he's gonna have yep. to. Yeah. He's gonna have to yeah. shoulder a huge role here um, until the the rookie is you know in more you know is in more of the offense. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and defensively, uh, Slay Slay was brought in to improve that uh, that defense. So, because their corners were pretty bad last year. So, I think he was brought in to really improve their defense. So, I would put him on there too. Yeah. Uh, everything you said, I agree with it. That's what I had. That's what I thought. <laughs> Got the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think I think it goes without saying. Uh, there's only one man on that team that's on a hot seat. And it's Dakota Prescott. Yep. It goes it goes without saying, man. And it's sad that it's that way because I think the man proved that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. A lot of people are going to kill me for saying that, but I, I think that's what he is. Unfortunately, he's betting on himself by not signing a long-term contract, so he has to show up. He has to have an encore performance this year. So um, he is the only guy, in my opinion, that's on the hot seat. And I... I- I would also, I mean, he absolutely what you're saying. I'm just going to add a little bit more for him is that he's got to win the big games. You know, you can't yeah. finish the season yeah. eight and eight and you lose games like 12 six or whatever they lost to like the Saints and the Patriots. Those are the games you got to win. Or you got to, you know, you got to find ways that you lose to the Bears. They, they should have beat the Bears. I mean, there's games, there's no way this, this division should have been won by Philly last year. Dallas on paper. Much better yeah. than not much better, but they are better than Philly. Um, the one guy or the two guys too that you could say is on the hot not it can't be on the hot seat. They McCarthy was just hired, but he was brought in too to improve the offense to get them wins. Okay, and they also still have the same offensive coordinator, so he's got to like tinker with that. Op- I don't think they're going to change the offense that much. But he's got to add a little bit to say, okay, this is how we're going to get over the hump. We're going to get over the eight and eight seasons. You know, we're going to break out to be one of the best teams in, in the league. Because that's what – I mean, they got a good enough roster to easily win this division. 
And, you know, just like last year, and they, they'll finish eight and eight. You know, if that happens again, the offensive coordinator, I don't know if he's going to last after this year if they don't, if they don't improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's his uh, – Kellen Moore, right, is the kid that's yes. the offensive coordinator? Yes. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yes. So, he, I, think he's, I think he's kind of on the hot seat. Even though, like you said, Prescott had an unbelievable year. Uh, Elliott, 1,000 yards rushing. They had two 1,000-yard receivers. But in the end, they won eight games. So, and their defense played pretty well last year. So I think, um, you know, I think California yeah, would have done the their, their defense, their defense played uh, pretty well in some games because uh, against us, they did not play well. <laughs> no, against so, us, no, that was a yeah. bad. Game. They they had they won they lost a lot of games to teams they didn't have no business losing to, on paper at least. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. just saying like they, they lost, you know, they lost to Philly late. 17 to 9. You know, they lost to Buffalo 26-15, the Patriots 13 to 9. They lost to the Saints 12 to 10. Us 24-24. So that's that was a winnable game, is you know. Uh, the Vikings they lost 28-24. Um so yeah, they lost a lot of bad games. That you know, yeah, tough teams but winnable games. So I don't know who you're going to put the blame on, but I think the I think Kellen Moore is definitely on the hot seat because if they have, let's say they finish eight and eight again, or even nine and seven, they make it to the playoffs and they lose in the first round. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's not Mike <laughs> McCarthy's boy. It's not Mike McCarthy's hire. He just uh, kept McCarthy up. ain't going to take the he ain't going to take the fall. He'll fire his offensive coordinator before anybody. Right. So, True. Right. So uh let's move on to the NFC West. We got the let's start off with the Rams. Well, uh man, uh there's there's a lot of there's a lot of blame to go around a lot of places. Um, but I think I think the head coach is probably the main reason why they, they did not perform to the because I think in my opinion in my humble opinion, I think I think he had issues making adjustments to what his team was. Um, his offensive line was shredded. Um, did not sign a few guys that they probably really needed. Uh, had had multiple injuries, and they had people starting in positions that they didn't have business starting in. Um, so that kind of so he did. So he, I don't think he made drastic adjustments to the fact that they. And in the midst of all that, I think the team. <laughs> I mean, the team performed admirably in the midst of every of the chaos that happened. But I think you saw holes in in McVeigh's scheme because the running game could not start, and I didn't. And to me, his adjustments to that did not answer the questions. So um, I think, if anything, I'm not saying that he will be fired because I I think he's too much of a high profile coach. I think he's still very very good, one of the better coaches in the league. I'm just saying that they need to. They need to find a way to protect Goff so that he could be the quarterback he could be. Because it's crazy, but if you don't, if you, um, he's one of those guys that you give him a, in just enough protection, he could, he could slice and dice the defense. Um, so I, um, I, I think, I think uh, McVeigh's um, coaching growth is is kind of what's on the hot seat, on seat for them. Yeah, I, did, I absolutely. Um, you know, because they weren't that bad last year. I mean, they still finished nine and seven. Um, yep. Goff wasn't great, but he wasn't bad either. But you know, he's he's. I don't want to say he's on a hot seat, 
but he, he's got a he's got to show a little bit more too than what he was last year. Um, so I think the combination of Goff and Ed McVay's got to step it up this year. Um, they got to get back to that high scoring offense that they were, you know, where they they looked like nobody could stop them until Belichick did in the Super Bowl. But um, right. I, I definitely think there is the you know the offense has to improve without a doubt. Yeah, like like I said before, though everybody thinks the high scoring came from a bunch of throwing them throwing the ball a lot. It's not that the Rams is the the scheme is about running the ball. They're very good at running the ball. That when they were at the height of their you know their success, they were very good at running the ball, and that would open up everything downfield for golf, giving him the time to read defenses and stuff like that. Because if you give him time, he could make throws on time and with precision. Um, that's why he's probably he's one of the better um, paid offense um, co- um, quarterbacks in the league. So, like, um, I totally agree with you with uh, both him and definitely both uh, McVeigh and Goff as the two people to look at. All right. We got the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, uh, I, not that he's on the hot It's a young but, team, so I, yeah, I wouldn't say nobody yeah. really. I, I would, I mean, not that they're on a hot seat, but I remember we were talking about players that are going to elevate this team. Um, it's definitely, definitely the quarterback Murray. And, um, and they also got, what's his name? Hopkins too. So, we should, and I think a lot of experts are saying that we're going to see a big step up from them this year. Uh, you're going to see Murray take the next step. Um, they're probably still a year away from really contending in that division because that division is super tough. I mean, when you're talking about the Rams being the, probably the third best team in that division, it, at maybe. I mean, maybe the maybe the the Cardinals take that leap and they're the third best team because I don't think Seattle or San Fran's taking a step back. So. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's just, I don't think anybody's actually on a hot seat, but it's really, I think Murray's going to be under the microscope a little bit to see how much of a step he takes forward. Yeah, I think, I think, I think there is actually, um, a couple players that, uh, that, that I'm looking at, um, for the Cardinals, I think, I think Andy Isabella, um, I think he's, he has the look of a great, a good wide receiver. I think with Hopkins coming in and taking in a lot of double teams, he needs to step up. If that offense is going to run on all cylinders and Isabella needs to step up, he definitely needs to, um, to step up because that's, you know, that's what's going to um, propel this offense. I think, I think um, they, they rushed the ball pretty well. I think they, they rushed for almost 2000 yards last year. The Cardinals ranked about 10th in the league, which is pretty surprising. So um, that that was adjustments made by the coach. By the way, he came in with kind of an air raid system, and then and then it did not work at first. So he kind of adjusted to running the ball, and that gave uh, the rookie quarterback a lot of time to throw the ball when he needed to. Um, but um, that that's uh, kudos to the coach on that man, because I wasn't really a fan of the hire. Um, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at at the fact that he was able to on the fly adjust his system. Um, so I like that. He's, and that, that to me uh, is a promising that he's going to be a pretty good coach if he keeps going that way. But yeah, I think the kid that I'm looking at uh, with Hopkins there getting all the double teams, man, if Isabella starts breaking out, that offense is going to be crazy. 
with the with them running the way they ran. Um, yeah, I think they'll be. I think that's the kid I can think of. All right, we got the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the one, the there's there's only one guy. I'm sorry, I gotta take the shot, but I gotta take the shot. Yep. If you if you at Seattle paid as much as they paid for 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 Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams has to change the face of that defense drastically. If he can't do that, I'm sorry. You know what was all that payment for? And and, and you know that's 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 just how it is. I don't think. I need to go deep into to ex, uh, an explanation. I think you pay for your safe for a safety that you think would basically change the way you play defense. If he does not do that, you're in uh, doodoo street. So there you go. Yeah, no, definitely, Adam. Think about it. Even if they're a playoff team, but unless they get past, unless they get to the Super Bowl, how much are you really improving? Right? Mm-hmm. And think about what they gave up to get them. Multiple yep. first-round picks, another pick, your starting safety. So you better get you better get to the Super Bowl. I, I know that's I know that's you know pretty tough to get to, but you know what? Unless you get to the Super Bowl, you really didn't improve much on this team. I don't care how many wins you win during the season. If you don't get to the what Super about, Bowl, you're not really. What about it. what about the NFC Championship game, man? Before you get to the Super Bowl, you got to get to the NFC right. Championship game. And that's man, only bro. one more win than they had last year. So I mean. Yeah, he's definitely on the hot seat, I think, because also, too, if they don't improve, it's not going to look so great for him to be like, yeah, I should be paid like a number one safety. All right, great. Maybe you are the best safety, but you didn't improve us that much to to warrant, you know, $17, 18000000 million a season. So. Yeah, and yeah. also uh, the, the Seattle uh, Seahawks GM is not in the rush to uh, give Adams the extension the big money, so I think it's very smart for Seattle to do that. Uh, the the last team for, for the West is the 49ers. I think um, uh, we know. I, I would, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Jimmy G's on it, right? I mean, yeah, he's got to take that next step. I, I'm sorry, you know, like yeah, he did enough last year. They got to the Super Bowl, but we seen in the Super Bowl, um, you know, maybe with a better a better quarterback, the 49ers would have won that game. You know, I think he missed a few throws and he didn't come up big when he had to. So, uh, you know, uh, he's he's decent. I'm not saying that, but he's uh, he's not an elite quarterback. So, can he take that leap to become an elite quarterback? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, exactly what you just said, man. Um, <laughs> this man is top ten in the uh, top ten in the league in completion percentage, touchdown percentage, first downs. Yards per attempt, yards per completion. So he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but he's not elite. Mm-hmm. This is if the, if they need if that team is gonna go um, um, get over the hump, which is the Super Bowl, they need him to be better than he was. That that the the whole I need to throw at least one ball to the other team every game that he does. He needs to get rid of that crap. Um, he needs to be more consistent. Um, in my opinion, and that's what elite quarterbacks do. They're more consistent. And and until he gets to that level, he is in the, on the hot seat. Yep. Right. Um, let's move on to the NFC North. We got the the, uh, the Patriots of the NFC Detroit Lions. <laughs> well, you kind of said Patriots, so 
this... it starts it end it stops and starts with Matt Patricia, no doubt. This is his third year, no winning season so far. I mean, he's what well, what are we waiting for this guy to produce? I mean, he's gotta produce here. He's gotta get a winning season in at least. And he hasn't even come close to that. Um and they traded away that best corner. They drafted a good corner. Um, I, I don't see it. You know, I don't see them doing much better, but it's definitely all on Patricia this year, no doubt. One of the things that bothers me the most about the Lions, and I keep saying, I feel like I've said it for so many years now. Um, you're a, you, 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 they've never had, when was the last time they had a thousand yard rusher? We keep saying the same thing over and over again. They never had a 1,000-yard rusher. But you can't have a 1,000-yard rusher if you're only going to have a few attempts every year. I mean, it's ridiculous that they're doing that. I mean, between Carrion Johnson and Bo Scarborough, who uh, were their running backs last year, they only rushed the ball a little over 200 times. I mean, come on. You're a defense. <laughs> you have a defensive coach. Def- aren't defensive coaches, don't they like to run the ball? What's the deal, man? What's going on over there? And you play in the NFC North. <laughs> where you yeah. can't win a road game in Chicago, you know, right. in bad weather. Green, Green Bay. I mean, yeah. come on. You got to run the ball there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't understand. They, there's, listen, un, as just, I think it matters to protect the quarterback. And, and, and I think him throwing the ball as much as he has, that needs to come down a little bit. I think, I think, um, I think he needs to, they need to turn to the run a little bit more. I think uh, they actually drafted one of the uh, my favorite running back coming out of the draft, this last draft here, uh, DeAndre Swift. I think you pair him with Karrion Johnson and Bo Scarborough. I think you could do something with the running game. I know they still have issues on their offensive line, especially at the guard, at the guard spots. But I think, I think they need to concentrate more on the run. We keep saying the same thing over and over again. But I totally agree with you, Chris. Um, it goes with the coaches, man. This is the coaching staff. If they don't do something drastic this year, I think they've done. Definitely. Right. Chicago Bears. I mean, come on. It's definitely <laughs> quarterback. Uh, Trubisky without Trubisky. a doubt. And, and you know what? I was going to say, um, there's a, a lot of good talk uh, about him coming out of camp now. He's very confident, in control of the offense, and – he, right. Is he turning off? Is he telling people to turn televisions off? No, no. So just he saying can but the coach, no, he's not doing that anymore. So, no, yeah, but the coach said, <laughs> "No, nah, I'm about to say the coach said that uh, it's too early to tell to tell us if he even improved yet. So he's still going to uh, if he if he win him. Yeah, I mean that. that I mean that, there's all positive things coming out. They're saying he's he's turned the page in that way. He's got more control of the offense. So. We'll see. I mean, now he's got – listen, he's got Foles battling him now, so he's definitely got to step it up. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, listen, man, um, like, like you said when, it, when you spoke about the Jets earlier, when we spoke about the Jets earlier, man, there's a lot of propaganda coming out of uh, practices and stuff during the offseason, um, before the season starts. So, hey, man, take it with a grain of salt, in my opinion, until you get to the field and show me. I'm fine. I'm, I'm on. <laughs> I, I ain't believing nothing. So, you know, know Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky is Trubisky. Until he shows me he's a better quarterback than, than he's shown, um, 
this is what he has, that position is what has held that organization behind. If their quarterback could have been better, they would have been better. There was, there was a, a, a time when that defense or their defense was so good for a long period of time. And the only thing holding them back was their quarterback. I'm mm. sorry. He needs, he needs to step up or that's it for him. Right. Uh, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Um, uh, go ahead, Chris. I, I mean, I, I'm going to say Cousins, even though he did win a playoff game last year. But this is a team that's been in the playoffs the last, I think, three out of the last five years. Uh, they did win a playoff game finally last year with him. So maybe they're going to take the next step th- this year and really be a, a Super Bowl contender, a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, I, you know, so I'm going to say Cousins is, is back on the hot seat. He's got to take them to the next level because they were one, one win away from getting to the Super Bowl the year before he was there. Um, so I think he's definitely on it. And I would think the head coach, I mean, he's been there a few years now. They've been in the playoffs, but like it goes back to cousins. They just haven't taken that next step. And um, I would say he's on the hot seat. Dalvin Cook, think- not that he's on the hot seat, but excuse me, but he's got, he's going into his last year of his rookie contract. So, right. and he's uh you know, he's been hurt before. So he would like to stay healthy. So you know, not on a hot seat, but, you know, a little in bit. In my opinion, I, the coach is not on a hot seat. You know who, in my, like, the way things look. Yeah, cousins. I think, I think, I think the coach, that, you know who that coach, that coach is going to end up like a former Bengals uh, coach. What's his name? That's that Marvin Lewis. Yeah, Marvin Lewis. I'm, I'm telling you, I think that um, the Vikings front office and the owner loves him. I, I it will be. He would have to majorly mess up to 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 get get let go. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I think Cousins have, I think Cousins improved last year, and I don't think a lot of people give him credit for improving last year. I think he started badly. I think he had the first two games where he was effy, and he basically just turned over a new leaf, man. He became a different quarterback. He made a lot of throws outside the pocket, which is not something we saw a lot of before. Um, I think he was efficient, which is something we never thought of. I think he was always somebody that we thought of that was scared to take chances because he, he kind of curated his numbers to look, you know, all nice and juicy. But he actually took chances down the field last year, um, um, and he hit them a lot, you know, he, a lot of long plays uh, to both Diggs and, 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 and uh, the other kid, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Um, uh, but he was injured for a while too, so that kind of held them back. Uh, I think I think they they brought in uh, Michael Pierce from the Ravens to to replace uh, Linval Joseph. Well, Linval Joseph was a staple in in uh, in the defensive line of uh, all the Vikings. Um, uh, they let him go. I think he's he's signed to the Chargers. Um, I think um, I think uh, Pierce has to replace Linval Joseph. <laughs> I, I, this is uh, not as easy as people think. As good as um, Pierce was last year, uh, Linval is a staple. Um, I think, um, I think uh, replacing Diggs is going to be hard. I think uh, Tajay Sharp that they signed from the Titans and they brought the kid from LSU, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yes. Yeah. So um, 
but the but the one name that like that um that keep co- coming up for me was their former 2018 first round pick corner Mike Hughes. Uh, he's been really injured. He hasn't come through. Um, if he could stay healthy and perform, I think that would help a lot because they lost all three of their starting corners last year from last year. So if Hughes could step up with uh, with the addition of uh, Danzler and Gladney, who they drafted this year, I think that'd be fine. That that work out. All right. And I know we're gonna know we know we know the Packers the last one, but we all might as well say it. Aaron Rodgers is on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. He's always that's gonna be it. on the hot seat there. Yeah. True. Yeah, he uh, is. That's all that's all it is. I think um I, I think he I think it's partly because of the coaching the coaching um um philosophy, uh, which is kind of crazy. It's like his gun his gunslinger's mentality just went poof. You know, it's not there anymore. He doesn't take that many chances anymore. So that leads to him being a little bit more conservative. What he had like twenty-four touchdowns, you know, four thousand yeah, yards on the nose or something like that. That doesn't sound like. But Aaron it's kind of tough when you only got one wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they, just they, saying that you when you working with sub like subpar, you know, wide receivers other than Devontae Adams, which which Aaron Rodgers agreed with me and Connor Rodgers yes. agreed with me too. And we yeah, thought I that agree. maybe we they would go get wide receivers to try to take them to the next level because they went to the NFC championship game. It's kinda kinda unexcusable, I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's yeah, unexcusable. Draft and love yeah. was uh I think that was a sign right there showing you how much they think they I mean that that shows you to me that Rogers days are numbered in, in Green Bay. I'm not saying he's yes, gonna agree. be this year, but I, I could see him definitely get moved next year, especially with maybe the Cowboys moving on from Prescott, you know, which whatever reason you want to call that is that good or bad. But um yeah, you could definitely it, it, he's maybe not the hot seat, but it's just he's I think it's time for him to move on. And he's already said that. You know, in that interview we talked about the other, the other podcast that, you know, he's he knows that his his time is limited now, in Green Bay. I, yeah, I yeah. the reason why I say he's on the hot seat is because, um, in my like I think I think a Matt Lafleur's scheme looks like he wants to run the ball more than anything else. If you saw Aaron Jones had like was tied in the tied for the 19 touchdowns, the most touchdowns in the league uh, last year. Um, so there's like a, a, a kind of a, you know, like they're focused more on the running game. So that means you get Aaron Rodgers gets less touches, you know, than normal. You know, he would normally throw the ball, you know, 30 some times a game, you know, have a ridiculous amount of throws, uh, and take a ridiculous amount of ch- chances and stuff like that. And I, I agree with the wide receiver issue. I'm just saying that it that it seems like to me they're taking the focus off of throwing of the passing game, which is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. When you have a a, a borderline Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame quarterback, you know it makes no sense to me. True. Yeah. So last last conference we got the NFC South. We're going to start off with the Carolina Panthers. I would think, I mean, you know what, they're going to, they're starting to rebuild, you know, you got a new head coach, um, you know, I mean, yeah, they did sign Teddy Bridgewater to a decent contract, but I don't want to put him on the hot seat, but I, I mean, it's got to be the new head coach, um, somewhat of a hot seat because he's got to, 
show that, you know, even without uh, prior NFL head coaching experience, that the college coaching experience is going to be, you know, is going to be good enough for him to win games. And he has to prove that he's a winner. But I, I don't see them winning right away anyway. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't think anybody's technically on the hot seat there. They're going to obviously give him more than one year to prove himself. At least I would think so. So I, I don't really see anybody on a hot seat on this team. Yeah, there's no hot seat here, man. They they signed their coach to a what is a six year deal or something like that. Yeah, he's he's there yeah. for Yeah, he's yeah, so so there's no hot seat here. Everybody's groomed him. Everybody's like, you know, they they're taking their time to grow, you know, it's gonna take a it take a while before you could even judge what's going on down there. Atlanta Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh as much as like uh, Davin said earlier that we think of uh, Matt Ryan and and uh, and and Julio Jones and all these guys. I mean, something's got to give, man. You know, I think the window's closing for this team. Um, so, um, I think the I think I think the hot seat should be on the coaching staff. Um, whatever 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 they did last last year, somewhere little past midway in the season that woke them up. Um, that they should have had done earlier in the season because they were lost in the wind for most of the season. Um, they were, I, I was really surprised at how bad they played football for most of the season. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for their coach and their coaching staff and, and for them to perform the way they were performing, especially on defense was quite surprising. So, uh, like I said, with the window closing, with the ta- some of the talent they have on their offense, especially, um, I think I think it's time that they step up. I think it's time that they implement whatever they need to implement to do whatever they need to do. Um, talking about the coaching staff, I think that I think those are the people on the hot seat. Yeah, definitely Quinn. I think if they don't make the playoffs this year, uh, he might be uh, he might be he might be gone because if they have another subpar year. Like you said, last year they did wake up, but it was, you know, basically too little, too late. Yep. Um, so I, I, I think if they have another bad year, you know, or a sub-500 year, or not even make the playoffs, I would say Quinn is, is uh, probably done in Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh, so we got the, the last two teams. We got the Saints. The Saints? I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> it's it's got to be Drew Brees. Yeah, not that he's on the hot seat. <laughs> Because he's no. got more or less one, maybe two years left. So it's not the hot seat. It's basically this is it for you. So you either you're either winning the Super Bowl or you know or that's it. It's basically Super Bowl or bust for this team because he's he's yeah. brought back. So I think it's all on him. Not that it's a hot seat because obviously he's going anyway after this year or next. So um, and he's not playing for any other team. So he's you know more or less he's. I guess hot seat, or he's basically the guy that's going to win them or lose them the championship this year, more or less. Yeah, um, I think I think I I don't know what more he could do. Well, you know what? Yeah, if he could gain <laughs> back, if he could gain back some arm strength, that might help. <laughs> um, and you know what? And come up bigger in the big games in the playoffs. He hasn't. He hasn't, huh? Yeah. I mean, imagine for a guy that we think is a Hall of Fame quarterback, even as we speak. For us to say that for the last couple of years they've had the shot, a chance, a multiple chances to go 
to the Super Bowl and the reason behind or part of the reason why they didn't go was because he underperformed. And, and, and when we say underperformed, didn't show up like Drew Brees, like the Drew right. Brees that we thought that he, you know, he should be. So if anything, I think that's what the issue is. I think at the end of the day, I mean, they had some unfortunate circumstances and bad luck too, but uh, he, to me, he needs to be more Drew Brees like in the playoffs and in the big games. Mm-hmm. And the last team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely on Brady. I mean, again, he's in somewhat the same position as Breeze. You know, he's there for two years. He signed, what, two-year contract? So, and they didn't sign him to just be there. They signed him to win a Super Bowl. So, um, definitely the expectations are Super Bowl or bust there. Um, so, not really on a hot seat, but that's what he's there for. You know, and Arians, too. Arians was brought – to, you know, to win a Super Bowl. So between the two of them, they, they got to win the next year or two. Yeah, I think they have two years. So I wouldn't say it's a hot seat. Um, yeah, not- in, my, in my opinion, um, there's no real hot seat going on there. This is a brand new offense with, with a quarterback that never, that never played in it before for him. He's, he's, this is a brand new offense for him. So there's going to be a kind of a jailing period that's needed. Uh, so I wouldn't be saying I wouldn't say that they're in a hot seat, but I totally agree with you that this this you wouldn't you don't sign a player like Brady on his on on the back end of his career unless that's this is what you're into you know you're in for winning the Super Bowl now. So yeah, they have two years. Right uh, before we leave, uh, just reported from Adam Schefter an hour ago. Um, two things: one, the NFL is now considering a league-wide policy that would enable fan sound to be heard in stadiums. And then the second one is cheerleaders and mascots will not be allowed on the field during the 2020 season, according to updated NFL NFLPA protocol sent to clubs. And yet another way the NFL would look different in the COVID-19 world. So I just wanted to bring that bring that news out. So don't yep. expect a lot. <laughs> don't expect a lot in this season. Um, and this is the new. This is well for this season. This is the normal, the new normal, just for this season. Hopefully, it'll change, go back to normal next season. But that's yes, it sir. for our. That's it for our podcast. Uh, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast. Again, we do this for y'all every week. So until next week, we're taking flight. Take flight. Take flight.